You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Continuing concerns over U.S. elections, Congress has harsh words for the OPM, ransomware may prove self-limiting for criminals, and St. Jude Medical strikes back. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, September 8, 2016. As concerns about alleged and apparent Russian attempts to influence U.S. elections continue, the Secretary of Homeland Security seeks to reassure voters that the election will be conducted without the vote being hacked. Both presidential candidates said in back-to-back appearances on a defense policy forum last night that they intended to make cybersecurity a priority in their prospective administrations. There's general consensus that the Russian government is interested in influencing U.S. public opinion during this election cycle, probably in the direction of undermining confidence in the electoral process itself. U.S. Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter is the latest U.S. official to call Moscow out for aggressive policies, telling students at Oxford University that Russia's government has the clear ambition to erode the principled international order with what he characterized as unprofessional conduct in Ukraine, Syria, and cyberspace. Unprofessional strikes us as an odd characterization, but we get his drift. That the U.S. now considers itself to be in a cold war with Russia in cyberspace has been much in evidence so far at the Intelligence and National Security Summit. Speakers mince no words in characterizing Russia as the adversary, along with lesser powers like Iran and North Korea. China is also mentioned, but in the context of more ordinary intelligence collection and an unseemly interest in intellectual property theft. The IP theft, most seem to feel, is something the U.S. and China might negotiate over to their mutual interest. The congressional report on 2015's major data breach at the Office of Personnel Management came out earlier this week. It offers a harsh critique of OPM's state of security at the time of the incident, although it also points to certain improvements OPM has since made. At the Intelligence and National Security Summit, we spoke about this briefly with intrepid CEO Richard Helms, no relation to the late director of Central Intelligence. He pointed out as significant the fact that none of the data stolen in the breach seemed to have turned up for sale in the black market. This suggests that the intrusion into the databases was an intellectual operation as opposed to a conventional cybercrime. Helms noted that the identity theft protection OPM is offering to the millions whose personal information was exposed is unlikely to help them much, since criminal identity fraud is unlikely to have been the goal. He thinks the victims are more likely to become targets for an intelligence service. 
We'll hear more inside perspective on the OPM breach tomorrow when we talk with Silance's Malcolm Harkins about his company's investigation. Another cyber threat much discussed at this week's Intelligence and National Security Summit is the ongoing jihadist radicalization ISIS and other groups are carrying out online. Google believes it may have a response. Google's tech incubator, Jigsaw, is using its redirect method so that search advertising algorithms will display counter-messaging beside jihadist-themed search results. Thus, you would get your ISIS results, but displayed beside them would be, for example, YouTube video of imams counseling against terrorism, regrets of ex-jihadists, and so on. Some new threats and vulnerabilities have come to light. Rapid7 reports discovering a new threat to network management systems, NMSs, They can be exploited using the Simple Network Management Protocol, SNMP. Both cross-site scripting and SQL injection attacks are possible. And Kaspersky Labs describes MOX, a backdoor built for Macs. Ransomware remains a problem, but there are some early signs it may be self-limiting, at least as far as the criminal ecosystem is concerned. The extortionists are increasingly not decrypting files even after ransom is paid. As many as a third of companies affected by ransomware aren't getting their data back upon payment. This suggests the criminals may be killing their business model. There will soon be little incentive for anyone to pay. The U.S. government's advice is now unambiguous. Don't pay. And by all means, back up your data. We heard from some security companies about other current issues. Prompted by the report earlier this week of a breach at the Nashville Hutton Hotel, Last Line's Brian Lang spoke about point-of-sale issues. Quote, point-of-sale, POS systems, tend to rely on older operating systems, nearly all Microsoft Windows, he told us. Interestingly, it's very common to find Windows XP in current distribution for POS systems even today. End quote. There are many exploits available for XP, and many of them operate at the kernel level. Users of vulnerable point-of-sale systems should be aware of this and take measures to mitigate that risk. Tripwire's Craig Young commented on the problems surrounding sharing cryptographic keys and certificates. This is particularly a pain point, he said, with respect to embedded devices. He said, quote, The best advice for consumers is not to access devices over shared networks, including the Internet, without first installing a properly signed security certificate, end quote. It's no longer, he pointed out, as expensive to do so as it once was. Many organizations feel it necessary to stand up their own Security Operations Center, or SOC, to defend themselves against cyber threats. We spoke with Amos Stern, CEO at Siemplify, about what it takes to build what he calls a next-generation SOC. I wouldn't say it's one thing. It's a set of capabilities that enables organizations to identify uh, what are the real threats out of the thousands of different uh, alerts and detections that they have, and initiate a response much faster. I say there are four key factors. Um, One, you need to be able to take all the different signals in and uh, and bridge bridge the gap between the different tools. So you just have a lot of different tools, each focused on detection of some other aspect in the organization, like a network detection tool, an endpoint detection tool, access control, data leakage, and so on and so on. Um, You need to be able to bridge the gap between those and, uh, and look at the big picture. You need to be able to run analytics and add context to everything, apply intelligence, on top of that and and bring external sources um, together with whatever is being detected internally. And finally, you need to be able to automate whatever possible and where you can't to empower the incident response process uh, of the human expert. 
So let's dig into the the automation uh, aspect of it. I mean, is automation really a, a requirement now because of the velocity at which uh, at which the data comes in now? Automation has uh, has a few different uh, dimensions to it. So you can automate the investigation process, which I like to call analytics more than automation, because it's there is a huge volume, like you said, of data that comes in. Um, you need to be able to process it really fast. Um, so processing it means identifying the important threats, filtering out the noise, adding contacts, a lot of things that you can do by applying analytics. And then the other part of automation is automating the response. So basically being able to define different workflows and orchestrate a list of actions and say, you know, if these things happen, we, we can take these measures automatically and either enrich the data, block user, just start a, a workflow and automate some of that response. And this helps reduce the, the time for the response, but it, can, it can't always be the case. So we would never replace the human factor completely. If someone is in the process of, of setting up a security operations center, what kind of advice do you have for them? I think first they need to, they need to think about the entire process. It's not just technology, right? It's a, it's a, combina- a security operations is a combination of, of the technology, the, the people, the process, the whole thing. You need to take into account all different signals. You need to be able to add some analytics and, and to put them all into one context. Um, there's, there are many tools to do this today. You need to be able to apply intelligence and threat intelligence to that. And, uh, and you need to be able to orchestrate whatever part of the response you want. Otherwise, uh, if you miss one of these components, you, you, you can build a SOC, but would not be uh, the most, most efficient that it can be. That's Amos Stern. He's the CEO at Cmplify. In industry news, St. Jude Medical is suing both Muddy Waters Capital and MedSec over their allegations that St. Jude's pacemakers and similar devices are dangerously exposed to hacking. St. Jude disputes that allegation. It also dislikes the way Muddy Waters and MedSec seem to have used the disclosure in the service of shorting St. Jude's stock. Intel has spun off its McAfee cybersecurity unit, which will now operate as an independent company and RSA begins its new life as a unit of Dell. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. 
Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland. He's also director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. Jonathan, I saw a story come by on the Register website recently about some researchers who were uh, apparently have had some success cracking homomorphic encryption. Now, that's something we've talked about on the show before. Can you start off by just uh, giving us a quick review? What are we talking about with homomorphic encryption? So this uh, technique of fully homomorphic encryption is actually something quite amazing that was uh, developed in a breakthrough uh, just uh, under a decade ago. And what this basically allows you to do is to perform uh, arbitrary computations on encrypted data. And people are really excited about this because what it would allow you to do potentially uh, is encrypt your data and send it off to be processed by another party who could, like I said, do arbitrary processing on that data to compute uh, an encrypted result, send it back to the original user who could then recover that result, all without leaking any information uh, to the party doing the computation. So this is really uh, exciting, and there's been a lot of progress uh, in developing uh, schemes over the past few years uh, with either better security or better efficiency or some combination of both. So what is the vulnerability that these researchers claim to have discovered? Well, it turns out there was a scheme published in uh, 2014 that was claiming to have uh, a new approach to uh, developing a fully homomorphic encryption scheme that would be much more efficient than previous schemes. Uh, But what researchers uh, showed just recently is that they were able to actually take that scheme and break it in a variety of different scenarios. Uh, One of those scenarios was, uh, if it happened to be the case, that the same data were being encrypted under uh, multiple different public keys, then uh, the researchers were actually able to uh, recover that original data. And in another attack, they were actually uh, able to mount what's called a chosen ciphertext attack, which is a kind of an active attack uh, on a communication protocol, uh, to recover the entire private key of the fully homomorphic encryption scheme. So basically taken together with, with, with these uh, results demonstrated that the original scheme proposed in 2014 was actually insecure. So is this a, how big a blow is this against homomorphic encryption in general? Well, I think it actually doesn't say very much about the fully homomorphic encryption schemes that have been proposed and analyzed in the uh, mainstream cryptographic literature. I think what this really demonstrates is just the importance of peer review in general. So basically uh, cryptographers will very often publish a new scheme and kind of throw it out there and uh, see whether anybody else can break it. And in this particular case, uh, researchers just a couple of years later uh, were, in fact, able to break it. Uh, what a lot of modern crypto systems and a lot of the, um, uh, like I said, the fully homomorphic encryption schemes that are proposed in the mainstream literature, they actually come with uh, proofs of security that show that the underlying encryption scheme can be reduced to some hard mathematical problem. And so this gives a lot more confidence uh, in, in such a scheme. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it's really a good uh, demonstration of the importance of this kind of proof of security. The scheme that was attacked uh, didn't come with any proof to begin with. All right, Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Oh, 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 oh,